We open on a bright night. The camera flits through several places like dreamy eyes fending off sleep. We see dimly lit motels, 24-hour diners, hitchhikers, late-nighters, long stretches of road cut through the sublime greenery and brutal deserts. Cracks in the highway leak insects and hair like an old truck leaks coolant. All it would take for someone to find themselves in danger is simply pulling over, stopping the car, turning off the engine. Wait long enough for something, and something will come. Those who go looking for death will surely find it. We see motel after motel, room after room, lit by the moonlight. Everyone we see in their bed writhes, restless and unhappy. Their dreams offer them no reprieve from the cruel days behind them, until a figure passes by the window, tapping only once. Ever so briefly, it changes, warping into stained glass, a depiction of someone in a smiling mask, wine and music falling through their fingers like waterfalls. The dreamers suddenly smile and rest easy. All their TVs turn on. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Good Neighbors, an actual play podcast of Monster of the Week. Hey, Spectacular. Mike Yeah. What the fuck was that intro? <laughs> what was that intro, please? <laughs> what? That is the big bad. Uh, I'll tell you straight up. I don't like it. <laughs> mm, television. <laughs> it's all about american consumerism oh yeah. no it's tucker carlson <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah last game the enemy was i don't know tradition and now the enemy is american consumerism oh boy S sorry for interrupting uh where was i ah yes uh <laughs> now welcome what? to the interlude uh, the sort of space between spaces in which we talk about our sweet babies. Uh, does anyone have any questions or anything before we begin, or anything they want to talk about uh, before we before we get into it here? Who uh, who created Monster of the Week? Uh, the spectacular Mike Sands. There we go. <laughs> uh, yes, it's been roughly a week. It's kind of a timeless amount. It, it is not entirely necessary, or do doesn't really matter how long it's been. Only that it's not been like. A year um, as I the, the greater part is that a lot of time probably does pass between each mission because you have to travel a fair bit uh, if there if there is nothing else then let's go ahead and get into it shall we we find ourselves pulling into a graveyard with cast iron fences and slightly knocked over gravestones varying ages the van itself here chunk chunk as you remember that one of the uh punks oh so long ago threw a tire iron into the undercarriage and uh it's relatively empty midday maybe and a, a house at the end of the road within the graveyard has its garage doors open we pass by very briefly a sign that says uh, Grave Watch Securities protected by, like we see at some businesses. Uh, like these are our surveillance systems, that sort of thing. And we see uh, a 40 something woman with uh, curly hair and a, a 
quite the freckled face in a denim shirt, pulling a newly repaired bicycle off a rack, giving the tires a quick spin and handing it to a young boy. The boy tries to hand her money from his dad, and she tells him that his money's no good here. The kid rides off gleeful. The car pulls up. Dale, how do you look? Uh, I think Dale is, as always, a little bit um, fatigued looking. Probably hasn't slept in a, in a good long while. Uh, he's pretty pretty bandaged up still from the last few fights, but uh, other than that, you can see he's just relieved. I think you can see uh, a tension that he carries with him most places is kind of off his shoulders as soon as the uh, van pulls through the gates of the cemetery. For sure. Uh, does uh, Aunt Henry know you're coming? Uh, I don't think so. I think as... Dale pulls in, he probably is like, does a double take at Aunt Henry, too, and is like, holy shit! Aunt Henry? Is that... Dale Kent, is that you? You son of a bitch, you get on over here! What are you What are you doing out over all this way west? Oh my gosh! Oh, I did a little relocating. Oh, you know, business is business. She uh, walks over and gives you a, a greasy hand hug uh, as she's just been doing some oiling and stuff she repaired a bicycle moments ago <laughs> holy crap oh my goodness i didn't expect to see such a familiar face this far out west but uh yeah, might i say it is it is good to see yeah, you holding up well oh you know you know it's like it's you just it's a i'm out on the road so it's, it's tough but yeah you know yeah i miss you kids getting the a... job done as a, have you seen Brittany at all lately? Uh, not not for a little while, no. Um, why have you seen her? Heard heard anything? Um, about her no. or anything like that? I was thinking about sending some cookies their way, but I don't really know where they're living nowadays. <laughs> well, yeah, you and me both, you know. Um, but yeah, if you if you if you hear anything, I'd love to. Um, you know, she's she's off doing her own thing. You know, Brit, she's a yeah force to be reckoned with. <sighs> Man, you guys grow old so fast. Yeah, ho ho hopefully we have some sort of a family reunion coming up soon, but it's been it's been a minute. Uh, as you guys are, are chit chatting, uh, we see that some folks have uh, rolled up throughout the graveyard, uh, uh, and they're like bringing flowers uh, to graves and like doing you know general mourning practices uh, that you would find at a graveyard. Uh, and uh, I think we see. Ron Henry, give you a look. Give them a look, because it looks like some of those people might come over to ask some questions or something. Uh, and she she says, "Dale, why don't you uh, why don't you head on inside? Uh, there's uh, lasagna in the oven, and uh, actually, your cousin's here. So if you want to go say hi, oh my cousin, yeah, your uh, your cousin's here. I didn't know you uh, you were starting your own family, Aunt Henry. Good for you. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, she's not one of mine, but I thought." You know, I could let her live here for a little bit, let her get her bearings. Oh yeah, oh yeah. You know, it's all about all about that support. You you just see to uh, uh, the swag wagon over here needs a little bit of tender love and care, so you just see to that. I'll be on inside if possible. You let me know if you need anything out here. Is there anything I should know about the uh, the swag wagon? Yeah, I, she's 
she's making quite a little kachunk, you know, when you take it around a corner to the right, you know, it's it's got a little bit of a limp to her, you know? Okay. okay. Other than that, you just ask those diagnostic systems. They Those things are fucking bells and whistles all over. I'm sure it could tell you what's wrong with it. I don't know much, though. She gives you, like, the most suspicious smile, but, like, just lets you on in. I assume you give her the keys. Sure do. Uh, we see her turn the key, oh, get in the car as you walk inside, uh, and she, like, knocks on the side and says, Hello? To no answer, I assume. And, uh, you go inside, and it's, like, a, a sizable house. Uh, I think if, if anyone's seen houses that just tend to be on graveyards, they're, like, you know, two floors, uh, really old, old wood. Uh, they do, like, wood paneling instead of painted walls. Uh, and it's one of those, like, really lived-in places. Everything is just kind of where Aunt Henry kind of thinks it needs to be. There's, like, tools and towels and, and things just kind of on chairs and uh, just the sort of, like, just, like, knickknacks. And, like, she keeps cans from people who have stayed at her house. Uh, just, like, random shit. For everyone who passes by, she keeps a little thing of theirs. Just kind of all over the place. It has a very kind of, you know, lived-in, homey, cozy vibe. And you can smell lasagna in the kitchen. And as you, you cross through, uh, you see that there is this young woman sitting on the couch, just like watching TV presently. And there's a, like a rifle sitting next to her and like a basically like a bug out bag. Like she just has like a, 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 a duffel bag of just like everything she owns is just sitting on the couch next to her. Uh, she's uh, this young Chinese woman. She has uh, she's wearing like a flannel and uh like one of those like fishing vests and she's just sitting on the couch and she looks at you and gives you that like you walked in here with such confidence she doesn't know if you also live here <laughs> that sort of thing whoa there sport don't shoot <laughs> friendly oh you know i'm i'm one of you you can see you love, love point at that uh you know i'm from great i'm a, i'm a from a great watch too my name's dale How, how's it going <laughs> she grins uh, clearly not expecting this like level of energy and she she stands up and kind of dusts herself off and uh, sort of like like she doesn't know if she's being interviewed she stands so like kind of rigidly she goes to shake your hand uh, and gives like a really strong firm handshake so uh, it says uh hello uh, nice to meet you yeah uh, you know I'm I'm just a cousin no need for all that you know I, I get it. Trust me, I get it. You know, you uh, you uh, right. you don't you don't sh shake a hand far enough. You know, you get put out in the cold for a few hours, something like that. I get you. I'm not like that though. Besides, <laughs> uh, it's pretty warm out right now. Halloween ain't for a while, I hear. Yes, that's true. It's definitely like I think I said early summer. <laughs> uh, hi, I, I'm I'm Maddie. Oh, it's good to meet you, Maddie. What are, what are you doing around here with uh, Aunt Henry sitting on the couch while Aunt Henry's out there doing all the work? <laughs> no, I, I, um, I was just, it's, um, I just graduated, uh, school, and, um, I don't know, I, I, I wasn't sure if I was gonna go to college, I've, I've, I've been to, we're going to the camp for every, I don't know, five years now, and just deciding, I think. I, I was told um, I got one of the notes at one of the diners just that this is a good place to go. This mm. is safe. Oh, yeah. 
should I tell my my parents I'm here? Uh, I mean, ass. It's not really my call, you know. I don't know your situation really, so if it's something you think of that, they should know. But uh, Aunt Henry, she'll take care of you pretty pretty dang well. I mean, you mean you mean your 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 watch parents or your blood parents? I don't. I haven't. Man, what's the language? I haven't been adopted yet. Ah, uh, I see. I see. I see. Uh, I see. I, 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 yeah. I don't really know where I'm supposed to go. I just know that. Um. I I want to know, and it, this is the first place I was given to go. Hmm. Um, the McAvoy's seem nice. Oh yeah. I'm, I'm not very um, handy, but I I could learn. Oh yeah. There's, there's plenty plenty of work needs doing around here. Look, you ain't, you ain't going to be, you know, learning any new uh, epiphanies or uh, revelations just sitting on that couch in front of the TV there. Sure. You want you want to get some uh, brain processing working, you got to get your body working, you know? Are you saying we are are you asking me to go on an mission? Is, I'm, is no, it, no, my, nothing my, like that. Oh, sorry. Look, Grave watch is a whole lot more than just running, gunning, and and stunning. You know what I mean? Yeah. You got a whole, whole bunch of people here, within these very gates, that need your care and protection. Sure. You know what I mean? So you see all those people out there putting those flowers. You see all those dead flowers on those old graves. All those forgotten people with the weeds growing out of their headstone. Yeah. They deserve love too. You know. Yes, I suppose that's true. So why don't you come out here with me? We'll clean up some gravestones, and you can start thinking about, you know, where you see yourself. Sure. And you see that she relaxes, I think, as you guys take a step outside. We see, uh, as you guys, like, go out the front door by the garage, we see uh, Aunt Henry is talking to just some people. We're asking, like, stuff about the, the place, and she, like, waves at you guys. And yeah, Maddie walks with you to a couple of like this maybe overgrown, more moss-covered graves uh, with, I assume, like cleaning supplies and what have you. And she says, uh, so how long have you been? Um, when did you get adopted? Oh, I mean, like, officially, I've I pretty much been with the McIntyres as long as I, I've been with the Watch, you know. They were sure. the ones that first... Uh, first you know, recommended the summer camps to me. I was uh, pretty young at the time. Mm. Mm. It, They've been good? They've been pretty active. Yeah, 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 you know. It's it's grave watch work, so it's dirty, you know, but... Yeah. All about finding the right group of people, you know. For sure, for sure. Uh, did, do you do other things? Like, do you, did you go to college? Col- nah, college, nah, nah, nah. I just, I was straight in, me, myself, I was straight into the grave watch. I'll tell you, right, running straight through, you know. When, when you're with a family that long, it's not like, you know, you don't want to dilly-dally. You don't want to yeah. make them wait for you. So I was straight in. And, you know, that went, that went pretty well for, uh, pretty, pretty well for me, you know, uh, most, mostly, I'd say. But, uh, I don't know. I mean... What are you thinking? Like, what are what, what you got going on in your life? Because I, personally, I went to the grave watch because I didn't have much else going on. Uh, well, uh, yeah. Um, 
I was thinking about uh, maybe becoming a vet, but I have heard that uh, the pay doesn't match the debt you go into, and I'm not really keen on being uh, racked with debt for a majority of my adulthood. Um, but at the same time, is it that bad if I'm doing something that I enjoy? I, I don't know. Um, but I fully get what you mean about not really having a lot going on. Um, my, my folks aren't really invested in me doing anything. Um, they had me pretty late in life, and they kind of had already settled into their ways and uh, weren't really yeah. interested in changing any of their habits for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, parent, parents, it's hard, you know. They don't always... We don't always come into their lives when they're wanting us to come into their lives, but that's why the Grave Watch is great, you know. Everyone who is a father or mother in the Grave Watch is choosing it. You know, you, you find a parent, you know that they want you, you know. She, like, gets a little tear in her eye when you say that. Does it really feel like that? Like, when you talk to your parents? Aunt, oh, yeah. Aunt, she gives her, you know, the air quotes. Henry seems wonderful, and we should be, you know, like a lovely aunt, I'm sure. Um, I just didn't realize they all actually act like that. I mean, we're family. You face the things we face. You gotta love the people you're facing it with. Can I ask you something, Maddie? Yeah, yeah, for sure. What are you running from? People don't come to the Grave Watch unless they're running from something or other, you know? Uh, Can we really just talk about that? She smiles nervously. You're going to be in the Grave Watch. You're going to have to trust the people you're standing next to. Can I ask you to do that for me, then? Sure. Yeah, you're my cousin, you know? Look, I've been been with the Grave Watch a long time, you know? It's, uh, It's getting me a lot of opportunities in life. A lot of people I met, a lot of things I know, that you know, like... You, you, you get in the grave watch, you find out there's ghosts, you get you find out how to talk to them, you find out all this cool shit, you feel, you feel powerful, right? You feel in control. You you can see that she, like, straightens up a little bit, and, like, she, her her face gets a little bit more color to it. Uh, like, the, the idea clearly is exciting. See, uh, I, I grew up in a real small town. It's just, uh, little coal mine in town and we watched all the other coal mining towns close down one by one my father he, he was down there all day every day you know you, you spend that long down there in the darkness it it starts wearing on you and i don't even mean just like on your lungs it's something on your mind you know yeah and he would go down there every day and then one day he didn't come back uh it's a heart attack while he was down there um mm-hmm I didn't want to live like that, going down into the dark like that every night, working for somebody who ain't ever even known your name. Yeah. When you're in the grave watch, every person next to you is working for something. Mm-hmm. There's love. We support each other. We support the communities we're in. So that's what I'm running from. I'm running from feeling lost. I'm running from being used. Um, I guess I'm running towards something, not away. I don't know. 
What's she running towards? She uh, clearly is starting to like tear up a little bit. Like her eyes are getting red. Uh, you know, look, my father he he has this saying. He always says that a uh, a liar is a traitor in their heart. But the worst kind of treachery is lying to yourself. So you got to know what it is that you're running to if you're going to be doing this. And if that just takes time, then that's time. But you got to take it. You don't want to end up eight years down the road wondering what it's all for, you know? Wondering uh, if it's really what you want, you know? The Grave Watch ain't for dead men. You got to know what it is to be alive. Wanna. So you know this is what you want? Yeah. Look, I mean, you you sit down there and you, you face death every day. And you know that you're saving people from it. And there's that calm right before you pull the trigger. It's like, it's like, you know, it's like a drug. It's hard to fight. Like, I tried um, a little bit to do something else, you know, learn, learn a little bit of, uh, how to heal, but it's hard to heal if you don't know how to stop what's hurting people first, you know? Sure, yeah. So, you know, so after after all this time, you say this is a good decision? I don't think it's about it being a good decision or a bad decision, you know? I made the decision because it was the only one I had. We see Aunt Henry underneath the van, pulling uh, junk pieces out, fucking, I don't know, soldering something where it's loud and uh, she's clearly something doing Something a... involving rags with oil on them and I think wrenches, perhaps. Yes. You know. All of the things that happen during repair. As I talk <laughs> about something, I have no idea what is involved. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, as we see uh, her sitting below, uh, we cut inside uh, the van where uh, there is currently no one, uh, and where she just was a moment before. We see the dashboard screen on low brightness. Uh, it's awful to look at. And uh, we, we see what looks like one of those old like AIM internet chat rooms where it's like a, a largely white screen. Uh, and like a line and usernames and at the top it says OES room and uh, uh, Dash what have you been up to? Uh, Dash uh, under the uh, pseudonym Vanguard uh, likes to go onto various chat rooms and forums and online spaces where people talk about hauntings and ghost sightings to try to get leads uh, for future missions. Um, and they're in one such chat room right now. For sure. We uh, see that you're talking to someone who calls themselves Hallow Earth. They clearly aren't as uh, like tech savvy, but damn, do they work hard. Uh, you, you can very easily guess that the, whoever's on the other side of this is a considerably older person. 
they have been kind of ranting and raving to an empty room for the longest time. Like the you you could you could track them on the internet and like our off-brand Reddit and whatever other things that they have been screaming into the void for a little while now until you finally touch base with them. And God, have they been excited to have someone listen. And Hallow Earth is currently talking about uh, a lead they have off the, the coast of uh, Cape, I'm going to pronounce this wrong, Henlopen in Delaware, where they, they are talking about this great steel ship that only appears when these massive waves come up in the in the night and as they splash back down the ship vanishes back into nothing and uh they they mentioned that this this must be the ss poet a ship that just happened to disappear i want to say 40 years ago or in the 40s something like that uh regardless uh that it only disappeared because when people lost sight of it no one looked for it for like four straight days and then suddenly gone and now it's back with uh, some kind of vengeance surely this is a, a dreaded omen uh i think that we the audience see uh like keys on um like a, a grave watch laptop moving even though there's no one sitting there um as dash uh inquires about uh, ha have there been any you know, injuries? Has this ghost taken any victims? Uh, response, not that I can tell, uh, or at least none that have been reported, but that doesn't mean there isn't, there aren't any victims. People go disappearing all of the time. I believe this is probably more likened to a modern day Flying Dutchman situation where they are the omen of evil, the omen of death, the omen of destiny on its way. And whether or not any of that's true is up to interpretation, of course, mm -hmm. but this is clearly what they believe. As why should uh, why should hauntings be so red tapey as to only be hundreds of years old? Don't you think that a haunted ship seems a little ostentatious? More often than not, the hauntings that end up having some amount of verifiable proof or a lot more subtle in nature do you have any leads on anything more feasible absolutely uh immediately discards this plan uh or this this like idea uh and brings up several articles uh, about a family from the 40s called the Sauter family that their house mysteriously burned down overnight. They reported getting a phone, a prank phone call in the middle of the night with nothing on the other side, that a ladder, which would have helped them get to the top of the, the, the floor to save a couple of their children, mysteriously was 75 feet away from the home where they put it. And they talk about how people think it was some sort of mob hit or something like that, that five of the children of that family disappeared without a trace, no bones, no nothing. The fire wasn't hot enough to burn through them all the way. Uh, and because it was Christmas Day, the marshals and investigators waited a day to investigate. So there's a lot of potentially weird circumstances following it for normal reasons. But no one's asking the question, where did that phone call come from? Because there was no one on the other line. Maybe the house was haunted. Those kids disappeared and became specters. Ooh. 
Now that's something. Good journalism, kiddo. Kiddo, I'm 58. <laughs> I'm the first sword of the Order of the Eternal Slumber. Come on, don't you don't have to talk down to me like this. And how many other swords are in your party? Many. Okay. If an AI could roll their eyes, they would. <laughs> as much as I love having you here, you do seem quite quick to poke holes. I'm merely trying to test the metal of your investigation. Now that I can respect. Thank you, Vanguard. I see now that you are the whetstone to my sword. Oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> uh, is there any way to, like, um, uh, investigate, I guess, if the story of the Sauter family has any actual merit? Sure, what would you be doing to do so? I mean, outside of just the internet. I mean, I could keep asking, what's this man's name? <laughs> this sword man? Hollow Earth. <laughs> like, Hollow Earth, the conspiracy theory, but, like, sacred. Of course. Uh, I could just keep asking Hallowers <laughs> clarifying questions. Yeah, go ahead. Give me an investigative mystery. Sure. Sure. The earth is hollow, and that's where God lives. <laughs> <laughs> if I if I could talk with a voice through the chat room, you know there'd be like, hooey! Oh, there's a ghost inside the earth. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got an eight. Uh, okay. I'll go ahead and ask one question. Um, can I just do a, a, a simple what happened here in terms of did something actually supernatural happen? Uh, sure, 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 sure. Because I imagine that Hollow Earth gives Dash a lot of completely bogus leads. Absolutely. A lot uh, of Scooby-Doo shit. This is, this seems to be like their thing. Um, and very frequently, but like... Does, doesn't just, like, say it from nowhere. They have, like, a shit ton of articles and, like, think pieces that people have put together uh, that they that they do read through and cite, and they sometimes write essays, which they cite, which is, like, the person knows how to research. They just, their threshold for skepticism is not there. Uh, so what happened here? The Sauter family, as you can you can best understand it, probably wasn't supernatural. That, like... You can you can call a phone during that time and, and disguise it. Um, you can murder some kids if you're evil enough, and the humans can do that just fine. There's mm -hmm. nothing necessarily that indicates that it might be haunting beyond that point, though the Sodders are clearly haunted by that memory in a sort of grim way. No, uh, there's nothing indicating otherwise. Or if there was, it didn't persist beyond that time. There's no reports that in that area there's still hauntings or people seeing anybody, nothing like that. The steel ship thing, though, was legitimate. Wow. Whether okay. or not that's like a Flying Dutchman situation or, or what that means, but people have been seeing it, and it probably is happening. Because there are people that don't know about the SS Poet at all, and what they've described links up amongst several people. Uh, I think that Dash goes back to typing... Sorry, AFK, for a moment. I was... Consulting my uh, dowsing rod and using my oracular know-how, 
I have determined that only the ship claim bears some merit. Let us uh, go forward and further into this line of questioning. Of course. I feel inclined to inquire, uh, what, what mystic order are you from? I am a great descendant of uh, many eons stretching back to the genuine oracle of Delphi. It is a great family honor and secret that I have come to trust you. I am honored by your trust. I think on another smaller screen, Dash is absentmindedly playing Tetris because <laughs> fucking tricking this guy is like shooting fish in a barrel. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> Uh, they ask you. They they ask you to join the Order of the Eternal Slumber, like outright. We could use uh, someone of your powers. I'm afraid that I could only join in a remote capacity. We do offer remote options. Uh, I we understand that uh, uh, certain environmental factors have led people to sort of start working from home more often, uh, and that is <laughs> that is acceptable to us. Excellent. Do I have to pay dues to this order? Uh, uh, yeah. They say, in the interest of uh, maintaining equipment and our headquarters, uh, a monthly stipend of $15 is requested. <laughs> I'm sure that I can find a way to make that work. <laughs> I'm a team player. <laughs> yes, a healthy $15. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, perfect. Uh, I feel like that's a good place to cut, and I have something for you after. Yeah. We, as we see your, I don't know, PayPal fuck. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, there's like another window while they're like trying to make a bogus, like, um, yeah, PayPal account or something. Perfect. They uh, type in the name, like, uh, Mel Safan, and it's just a word jumble for fucking false name. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Perfect. Islav Errol reference. Good. Mm, yeah. Is this too cool? I don't know what the scene is, but it might be too cool in general for Lucas. Ah, <laughs> oh, sick Lucas burn. Well, <laughs> this whole show is just gonna slowly turn into a Lucas roast. He is like Over twelve, time. so. Oh um, my god, guys, guys, I'm twenty. <laughs> Twenty-year-old big baby Lucas. We see your, I assume, sneakers or sandals. Doesn't matter. Uh, cross the threshold into. An internet cafe, local town, nice easy place. There are people serving coffee. Uh, it's kind of hipstery, but otherwise not really special. There's like chalkboard walls, and we see that plenty of people have just kind of written bullshit all over it. Nothing terribly artistic, except for like maybe one thing where someone really wanted to flex on everybody else. It's pretty cool, pretty cool. Everyone's chilling out on their laptops here. As you walk in, something big is going on downstairs, and you know this. How are you getting down? Uh, I think I, uh, I think Lucas uh, walks up to the uh, barista at the counter, 
hands her his debit card uh, uh, to order and just goes, I would like the uh, darkest roast you have from uh, the back. They look you up and down, give you a raised eyebrow, and she takes your card and puts it beneath the desk uh, and says, why don't you go have a seat? Just around the corner there. All right, and I go the direction they tell me. You sit down in a chair that is more plush than the other ones around just a little bit of a divider in the room as you sit and wait. And there is a one of those kind of steel doors that says staff only with a, one of those push bars. And uh, in maybe a few minutes, the door opens and what you see before you is a uh, tall fellow wearing a gray suit and a half animal mask, a rabbit from the nose up. The darkness in the eyes doesn't let you see through them. And they say, I hope you've come prepared. Yeah, uh, always prepared for this sort of thing. Aren't you a little young? A little early? Uh, I have a knack for this. Ah, <laughs> uh, all right. Well, then I hope you like what we, uh, we have for you today. Follow me. And they guide you down a concrete corridor where there's no way this fit in the cafe. Like, if you looked at it objectively from outside, it's too long. And eventually you hit a set of stairs and make your way down as the fluorescent lights transition to wall sconces. Red velvet walls. And they guide you to a door, of which you see that there are many, and open it for you to a small room. Square. Not very big. With a single leather chair. A half table with a laptop on top of it. And a projector from the ceiling pointing towards a blank wall. Have a seat. The auction will begin soon. Ah, fantastic. Good luck. They smile an eerie smile and leave you alone closing the door behind you. Lucas, when you open the laptop before you, you see it's open to a black-walled red text chat room, a buzz with people clamoring at the shouting box. What is your online persona in this section or community of the internet uh i'm once again going to go with the uh same name that i've used in other corners lucas fur uh yes. looking for looking, sure made that when he was 12 yeah hundred percent uh very much looking to uh use arcane reputation to kind of shoo away the behavior I got earlier with the aren't you a little young. 
Perfect. When you introduce yourself, everyone starts chomping at the bit to know what your source code is. They want to know your spell. They want to know how you got that secret. Well, that's uh, that's kind of proprietary information, and... Uh... What do you want for it? They all say. Oh, I'm going to have to think on that. Some 15 to 20 people are all making wild offers of money, of services. Uh, one of them offers to kill someone if you want them to. It's currently not for sale. How cruel. And no one asks again. The auction begins. We see the projector turn on, and we see another figure in a full suit with, uh, like, a, a bat half-mask, same uh, as the other one, uh, in relative design. Standing in front of... Uh, we've seen infomercials before. Uh, just imagine that, but evil, where a spinning sort of dish in the middle showcasing a single piece, a small tagline below with a, a phone number to call and a general offer to start with, where we see a tie ugly tie with this misshapen pattern that wrinkled as it is looks like it's smirking it's so gaudy it's almost funny almost inviting no one is wearing it but you're certain that if someone was they would run the show they tell you that American politics are so complicated they say wouldn't it be nice to just get your voice out there and make sure that you are heard They tell you that if you have the tie, it'd be sure a lot easier to impersonate someone who's already been voted in. No need to go through the whole process. Quite simple. But oh, so helpful for the right people. Lucas, you know full well money is not a thing that these people are after. So what is your first bid if you bid at all? Do you care? On this tie, uh, I'm only going to make a low bid, and it is going to be of a lesser creature of their choice. For how long? Considering this is a low bid, only a half hour. Roll me a manipulated person check. Seven. Seven. I think they're going to respond relatively neutrally here. Uh, and I'll say, you will lose this bet. I think that uh, other people offer will out outpace you rather quickly. And you know that someone else in the world now has this item. But I will tell you that by virtue of them buying this thing at a slightly higher price because you made a bid they'll have less to bargain with later, so I'll give you a plus one the next time you try to bid. The projector flashes, 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 and then we see a new person, and again, the sort of same spooky design. And you see a gun, seemingly 
normal, a silver revolver. They label it a 38 Colt Cobra. And they tell you that this is the gun that was used to assassinate the man who assassinated JFK. This gun was once owned by Jack Ruby. And they tell you that this gun is specifically designed to kill shapeshifters. Lucas, any interest, any push, any pull? I'd like I'd like to not make the first bid. I'd like to wait to see if somebody's chomping at the bit to get this thing. I'll tell you someone is. And they tell outright in the chat room, talking to the person who bought the tie, they say, I'm going to kill you with this. I'm going to stay out of the bed. Okay. No rolls necessary. You didn't do anything. It's a problem that solves itself. This hysterical laughter as the person who bought the tie offers so much. They offer to sell their soul to get the gun so that the other person doesn't track them down and kill them. And they lose that bet. And we know that eventually someone will have two. 